0: In case you weren't aware, the Atlanta Braves, they're pretty good. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the Daily Podcast. We'll talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, guess what? They just gave me a lower third that claims I could be called Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade now. This is my fifth full season here with the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to us right here on the YouTubes. You can follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Yes, we're doing uh, doing this one as a live stream. I'm posting this on late on the 14th day of August 2023, you're probably hearing it on the 15th. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Atlanta Braves and the fact that they are putting together a type of season that is just, you know, potentially history-making. I was going to talk a little bit about the Miami Marlins, who may be that exact type of National League team we've seen over the last few years that crashes the party that everyone expects it's going to be this team or that making it to the world series in the last three world series where we've played 163, 162 games. Sorry. One of those years we played 163 games because of the playoffs um, where the team that is not expected to get to the world series, got there three, the last three full seasons The Marlins want to uh, expand that for yet another year. And there was just an absolutely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs game that was played between the Seattle Mariners and the Kansas City Royals tonight that just is worth bringing up. Uh, First, I want to address, I I didn't answer the trivia question the other day when I had Miller Thomas on. Uh, The reason why is simple. I forgot to. Sometimes that happens to your pal Sully. Um, the question was, Was who was the first World Series MVP who was a position player on a winning team? The World Series MVP started in 1955, and between 1955 and 1968, all but two years, the award was given to a pitcher. And the first year it wasn't given to a pitcher. It went to Bobby Richardson of the Yankees. But who got it for the losing team? He's the only person ever to win the World Series MVP for the team that lost. So, who was the first position player to win it for a team that won? And Craig Brindle, friend of the podcast, because he loves to answer them correctly, uh, he did get it right. And the answer was Frank Robinson, who got the World Series MVP for the uh, 1966 World Series. When he hit huge home runs, including in the first inning of game one against Don Drysdale, the Dodgers were heavily, the defending World Series champions were heavily favored. The Baltimore Orioles had never been in a World Series before. That franchise had only been in one World Series ever when they were the St. Louis Browns. And Frank Robinson wound up hitting two key home runs. He had an OPS of 1-2-3-2 two, two in the four-game sweep. Now, the ironic thing, at least I find this to be ironic, is that was the first time that the World Series MVP was given to a position player, not a pitcher. And that was a postseason that was, or a World Series, that was absolutely dominated with pitching. Wally Bunker of the Orioles threw a complete game shutout. Future Hall of Famer Jim Palmer uh, threw a complete game shutout. Dave McNally threw a complete game shutout, including the clinching game four. the uh, Mo Dombrowski pitched six and two thirds innings out of the bullpen, six and two thirds innings of one hit shutout ball. Where he struck out 11. Um, the only uh, Dave McNally led up two runs in game one, and that was the entire scoring by the Los Angeles Dodgers. So the Orioles held the mighty Dodgers to two runs and they honored a hitter so it's strange but yes Craig Brindle got it right it was Frank Robinson won the World Series MVP that year so there you go and I'm going to have a another postseason centric uh trivia question at the end of the show the Atlanta Braves let's just say it they're the best team in baseball and if you don't believe it watch what they did to the New York Yankees now look at these are the New York Yankees because they play in New York and they wear a Yankee uniform, not because they have any of the baggage of championship this or championship that of the past. Uh, if the Yank everything now has to go right for the Yankees to leave Atlanta above 500. And they have Luis Severino pitching tonight. Luis Severino's ERA has an area code in it. He should be designated for assignment because he's he's done. He's done with the capital done. But here's the problem. With their pitching staff, Herman suspended for the rest of the year. Um, they, everyone's hurt with the exception of Cole and Schmidt. And they have to pit, you know, Carlos Rodon back on the disabled list or the injured list, sorry. Nestor Cortez back on the injured list. It's right now, it's Cole, Schmidt, Severino, whose ERA, I think, starts with an eight at this point. Then they, an opener, and then the 15th caller in WFAN gets to be part of the rotation. You know, when they ha- they're having old-timers day coming up, and Ron Guidry is going to be one of the people at Yankee Stadium. They got to turn to him you got? can you give us four innings? Now, this Yankee team went to Atlanta. And the only way the Yankees can win a game, win this series is if they got the old fiddle when the devil went down to Georgia, because this Braves team, we saw it. The Yankees took an early, the Yankees were up two to one. The Yankees were up two to one. And Clark Schmidt had like all of his friends and family there to be, to, to cheer him on because he's from Atlanta. And uh, boy, I hope they cheered him up when they took him to Chuck E. Cheese after the game. Because the final score was eleven to three, and I got news for you, it wasn't that close. It felt bigger than that. And you take a look at the I'm at baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. The top nine hitters at each position: catcher first, by the infield, outfield, DH. Um, Michael Harris the second. Forget the first. Michael Harris the second has eleven home runs. That is the lowest total of home runs of any of the starting players on the Atlanta Braves right now. Matt Olson has 43 home runs and 107 runs batted in, and there's still a month and a half to play. Austin Riley hit his 29th home run today. Now, of course, Yankees need left-handed power. And the Braves lost Freddie Freeman and instantly replaced him with Matt Olson. Meanwhile, the Yankees can't find a left-handed power hitter. Now, they didn't have Orlando Arcia in today's game. But don't worry that because the Braves have Nicky Lopez, who's been on the Braves only four games longer than I have. And he got key hit after key hit, including getting the go-ahead hit today. Rosario got big hits Acuna is having an like Acuna is having a year from another planet right now. Uh, uh, John Sterling pointed out that he has 26 home runs and 55 runs bad in. And the last person to put together a combination like that was Ricky Henderson. Anytime that Ricky Henderson names come up, you know, you're having a good year, by the way, Acuna was 26 home runs. As I said, 55 stolen bases. You like batting average? He bats three thirty-seven. You like OPS? His OPS is at nine ninety-five. This is absolutely astonishing what they're doing. And you got to give Brian Snitker credit. You got to give the front office credit. You know, I mean, I, you know, I'm stunned by what a great job Snitker has done as a manager. And Alex Anthopoulos has, I mean, the job he's done running this team as the what is the president of Beans and Franks, Franks and Beans, Baseball Ops, GM, whatever his title is. The fact it's like, okay, you'll lose Freddie Freeman. Fine. We got Matt Olson. You'll lose Dansby Swanson. That's okay. Orlando Arce fits right in. And if he's not there, eh, we'll just put in Nicky Lopez. He has, for his entire tenure there, has shown just play major leaguers. Put major, plop major leaguers into the rotation, into the lineup. And you'll do just fine. Thank you very much. They have a chance. To break the home run record, the single season home run record for a team, which was held by the twenty, was the twenty nineteen Minnesota Twins who were playing with a juice ball. They have a slugging right now. Their slugging percentage as a team, right? I mean, if you look at what they're doing as a team right now, their slugging percentage is is like they're going to be slugging over five hundred. I mean, they're going to have they're going to have an OPS as a team in the eight fifties. That's everybody. The, the, the depth of this lineup is unbelievable. Now, Los Angeles is also having a wonderful year. They've got things. They're figuring things out. They're going on a great winning streak. And it seems like we're going to have a collision course between LA and Atlanta in the nationally championship series. And look at, I'll be honest with you, I would like to see that. Not that I even, I'm not saying that because I live in Los Angeles County. I'm not a Dodger fan, nor am I a Braves fan. But I'd like to see the two best teams lock antlers in a best of seven series. I think that would be good for baseball. And while everyone loves to see upsets and I think it's fun, there is a little bit of a letdown when you have a team that's really great over 162 games. And yet doesn't advance. We saw that last year. You had 300 win teams not make it out of the division series in the national league. Yeah. The Philadelphia versus San Diego series was fun, but I kind of wanted to see the best teams face off. Is that so wrong? Does that make me a bad American to not want to see, uh, an upset, but actually see the two best teams. I want to see LA play Atlanta. As a baseball fan, as a baseball observer, I think the Dodgers could potentially beat Atlanta, but man, it would be a fabulous series. and I kind of want to see that. There's a National League team that's waiting in the weeds, or maybe waiting in the pond, who has other thoughts and may be the exact type of team that is, well capable of the upset like we've seen in the National League for the last few years. Hey, we had for 4th of July, a great barbecue, but in a couple of weeks, it's going to be Labor Day. And that is, to me, the final barbecue of the summer. And I want to get all the best things. I want to get the best burgers, the best sausages the best fish to put on the grill and if i'm going to do that if i'm gonna get all that food that great spread i'm gonna do it and get some cash back with ibotta ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. It could give you cash back for that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or the fancy dinner that you've been craving. You can earn cash back at hundreds of brands and realtors too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. Or use code MLB. Ibotta for the grill. We've seen the last bunch of years... That the National League champion tends to be a team that uh, that's been in up, pulled off the big upset. We saw it with the Washington Nationals. We saw it with the Atlanta Braves in 2021. We saw it with the Phillies last year in, in 2019. It both, but it's funny. In both 2019 and in 2022, the Dodgers looked like the overwhelming favorites. The absolute overwhelming favorites, but Howie Kendrick hits a grand slam. All hell breaks loose with the Dodgers in 2019. In 2021, the Giants and the Dodgers they won 107 and 106 games, and of course they face off in the division series because the because divisions are stupid. And the, you know the Dodgers eliminate the Giants on a check swing, and then Eddie Rosario remember always put major leaguers in your lineup wound up you know, smacking around the Dodgers, and the Braves went on to win it all. And last year, the Phillies pulled off the massive upsets. Uh, you know, the, the Padres upset the, uh, the Dodgers, the Phillies upset the Braves, and that chance for a Dodgers-Braves NLCS was thwarted. We didn't get a chance to see it, and here we are. Now, Miami wants to be that team this year. And I got to be honest with you, of all the sneaky National League teams, the Brewers have talent, the Giants can play, although they got absolutely clobbered by the Tampa Bay Rays. And obviously, there's talent on Philadelphia's team. But the Marlins are creepy and sneaky. They had, first of all, they had an absolutely rancid July. And they were a contender for most of the first half. And then they had a horrible July. They fell under 500. They were an afterthought. Peter Pratt's life was awful in Britain with locked on Marlins. And there you go. But they opened the second half. The Marlins opened the second half after the All Star Game. They went five and seventeen. They lost seventeen out of twenty two games. That's almost impossible to do, and that's what they did. And they became an afterthought. And they said, you know, games against the Yankees and the Astros coming up. And it uh, looks like it's all, all hell is broken loose. But then they've won five of their next six games. And some of the other teams that have images of winning a wild card dancing your head, including the Reds, including the Diamondbacks, including the Cubs, have lost some big games along the way. And the Marlins, first of all, I mentioned this the other day, Alcantara, Sandy Alcantara was not very good the first half of the season. He's been outstanding the second half of the season. It's like acquiring an ace. You've traded lousy Alcantara or not lousy because he actually was still eating innings, but ineffective Alcantara for ace Alcantara. That's a step up. Luis Ariz has pulled down his, you know, no one's talking about him as being a potential 400 hitter. But man, oh, man, does he get big hits every single day. And they're facing a part of the schedule, which just a couple weeks ago looked like it was going to be a gauntlet. Those games against the Yankees, these games against the Houston Astros. Well, guess what happened? We all saw what happened in the Yankees series. But now, by winning the first game against Houston and doing it with back-to-back-to-back home runs, suddenly the Marlins look pretty interesting. Suddenly, the Marlins look like a team that can hit. I mean, we we see Jorge Soler is capable of the big home run. We've seen Brian De La Cruz hit clutch homer after clutch homer. We've seen what Yuli Gurriel possi- you know, could possibly do, even though he hasn't been doing much power this year. He has been getting some big hits. Luisa Rice, he's not going to win the MVP because he's not Ronald Cunha senior or junior, but he's going to be... Uh, Top five MVP contender, and the acquisitions of Josh Bell and Jake Berger. Bell homered again today. Berger has been terrific. All this, like those, were the kind of trades that, when they happen, bringing in Berger from Chicago, bringing in Bell from Cleveland. That no one was saying, "Oh my God, the Marlins won. They won the trade deadline." And yet, look what those two have been doing. How many times do they have to come up and come up with a big win? And they've rested Perez so he's not completely burnt out we've seen how they can pitch and especially with Alcantara there all of a sudden the Marlins look exactly like the type of team that would be terrifying to play in a short series do you want to face them in a short series knowing you have to face Alcantara twice do you want to face Soler and Berger and Luis Arise and Josh Bell in that lineup, you're not asking them to be 162 games. You're asking them to be in a short series. Dodgers-Braves is what I want to see because I love baseball. But you can't help but admire the team that Kim Ang has put together and Skip Schumacher, and oh my God, they fired Don Manningly and suddenly they could win. Oh, it's going to happen, isn't it? Because every time Don Manningly is let go from anywhere, that team does well. Oh, my God, it's going to happen again. The curse of Don Mattingly. Not the teams. Don Mattingly himself will never participate in a World Series. Oh, my God, the Marlins going to win it all this year, aren't they? There's a clear road for it. What did I just say? In a best-of-five series, let's say Alcantara wins his two games, and then they slug their way to a third win. Then they go to a best-of-seven uh, series, and Alcantara wins his two games. Uh, Perez wins his game and then they win a slugfest it's possible we've all seen this happen we've seen it happen the last few years and you're not asking them to be great over 162 this is a well put together team not for the long haul, not for 162 games but to get in punch the ticket and there you go do I think it's going to happen? no I don't I do think it's going to be the Dodgers versus the Braves. Did I think the Phillies were going to win last year? No. Did I think the Braves were going to win in 2021? No. Did I think the Nats were going to win in 2019? No. So why are we counting out the Marlins? I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Oh, God. They let go of Don Mattingly, and here we go. All right, let's talk a little bit about FanDuel, shall we? And you got to put your bets down on the Marlins because, you know what, they fired Don Mattingly, so therefore they're going to win. And you've got, oh, my goodness, you got so, by the way, if you're going to FanDuel, uh, go bet the over on the Marlins versus the Yankees, because Luis Severino is going to be throwing batting practice today. Oh, and guess what? Football season. Football season's about to start. And people, if I don't really follow football that closely, but I'm under the impression that people like to bet on football games. And FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long, because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick anything to win the Super Bowl, And you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, more. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm not the one in charge here. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. I just want to point out the game of the night was absolutely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It was between the Royals and the Mariners. And it's funny, the Mariners were on such a tremendous role. And then they lost those two heartbreaking games. They've now that they, when we go through as you realize, they have lost three straight heartbreaking games. The last two games uh, against Baltimore, which were extra inning losses. And then what happened tonight and look at the Mariners are still in it. The Mariners are still uh, two games back of Toronto for the final wildcard spot, only one game back in the loss column. So Seattle could very well get it done. But if they miss the playoffs by a single game, you can look back on this week and say, yeah, it was there. They should have won those games. Now, let's just go over the fact Br- Br- Singer was starting for Kansas City, who's not been having a very good year this year. So naturally, he was throwing. A no hitter. I mean, he just was, he was, he was just absolutely being super effective the whole game. And Salvador Perez, remember him? Salvador Perez hit a big three run home run early in the game to Kansas City, the lead. Bobby Witt Jr., who, wow, he is everything as advertised, did what I think is the most exciting play in baseball, which is the inside the park home run. Because when someone gets the inside the park home run, it's usually because something weird happened. It's something weird happened. Someone, and this was a situation where the right fielder in Seattle didn't play a ball properly. It rolled to the wall. Everyone's running this way or that. And that moment, when a runner gets to third, and you realize they're still going. That's my favorite moment in baseball. I love the big home run. I love a great stolen base. I love a bases clearing triple. But when they round third, trying to get that inside the park home run, there's always an audible gasp in the in the stadium. And Bobby Witt ran home. Boom. Safe. There you go. They put up and they, the Royals were just cruising. Brady Singer let up a hit with six and two-thirds innings of no-hit ball. Came out into the eighth because he was effective. Why not? Go for the complete game. And... Then it turned into the Julio Rodriguez show. Julio Rodriguez got a bases-clearing double to suddenly make it a game, and then, but the 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 Royals still had the lead with uh, two outs in the ninth inning, and Josh Rojas tied the game, and all of a sudden, what looked like was going to be a great night for Brady Singer turns into the Mariners tied the game and Julio Rodriguez who made it a game with that basic clearing double got the go-ahead run in in the ninth and all of a sudden wow what a what a microcosm of this miserable season for the Kansas City Royals Matt Brush was going to try to save it for the Seattle and then Bobby Witt Jr. again he got four hits in this game one was the aforementioned uh, inside the park home run But then he got a big hit in the ninth inning to keep the rally going. Salvador Perez, who I mentioned hit a three-run homer early, tied the game with a sacrifice fly. And then with a runner in third, Blanco, bunts. Bunts. And the run comes in, the winning run comes in. I, I know I'm not supposed to say this. I know sabermetric people will disagree with me. I like bunts. The same reason I like inside the park home runs. Do you know why? Because it involves a little bit of chaos. And inside the park home run, usually a moment of chaos has taken place. In a bunch, when it's done right, that introduces chaos as well. That introduces that moment of, oh, man, I don't know what's happening right now. We Wait, where am I supposed to go? Now, most of the time people pick it up and throw it over. But if it's done correctly, people run around. It's a little bit of craziness. I like chaos. I like chaos on the field. I like chaos in the standings. I like chaos in baseball. I like that thing that makes you go, what? You know? And that game between Seattle and Kansas City, not necessarily a game you're going to remember when you do the review of the year, but it was a game that was filled with the things I love. Near no hitters, inside the park home runs, wild rallies, and bunts, all in one wonderful game. Hey, let's do a trivia question for you. Um In the last two decades, starting with 2010, from 2010 to present, only two complete games have been thrown in the World Series. Two! Complete games thrown in the World Series since the beginning of 2010. Who threw them? Who threw the only two complete games in the world? Complete game victories, I should start. I mean, I maybe there was... Well, I don't think there was a complete game loss. Either way, the only two complete game victories in the World Series since the beginning of the 2010 season. That is your trivia question. Uh, Post it on Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, or in the comments here on your YouTube page. Talking about the Atlanta Braves and their historic year, the Miami Marlins, how they want to throw a wrench in that historic year, and all the wonderful chaos that took place in the Seattle-Kansas City game. This has been Locked On MLB, recording on the 14th day of August and releasing on the 15th, 2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.